0: Welcome to Promo Insiders, an ASI Media podcast that covers the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry. I'm CJ Mitica, and today I'm joined by Digital News Director Chris Rubo, as we make ten bold predictions for the promo industry in 2023. Will we be right? Maybe. Will we be wrong? Highly likely. Still, that won't stop us from forecasting the stories and trends that will rock the industry this year. So, Chris, thank you again for uh, joining me on this uh, fool's errand, because if we've learned anything in the past few years, it's that it's incredibly easy to predict the future and nothing unexpected ever happens.
1: Yeah, I remember going into 2020, writing an article like, that was titled 20 Predictions for, for 2020. And I think a lot of them would have come true if there wasn't that whole COVID-19 <laughs> thing. So... Yeah, I'm, f- I'm familiar, but this is a fun exercise to go through, and I bet just there'll be, if not full-on truths, kernels of truth, and 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 in, in fact, ultimately in what in what we say.
0: Yeah. So and that in fact I was going to offer that disclaimer. So here's how it's going to work for our listeners and viewers. We're going to uh, we're going to run through uh, ten bold predictions. Uh, that Chris and I came up with, we put our heads together uh, figuratively because we don't cohabitate the same office space any, <laughs> anymore. Um, and so again, we have ten bold predictions for what's gonna happen in the pro industry in two thousand and twenty uh, three. And in my word of caution, at least to our listeners and viewers, is that um you know, these are bold predictions. and so you know, many of them, well, might not necessarily become true. However, um the the reason that we the reason we're gonna be talking about these is that, uh, Chris and I see you know trends and um, movements in the promo industry. Big picture type stuff that informs these predictions so even if the predictions don't become true uh, there. There's definitely information um, and worth talking about because there are things that are still happening on these fronts that are are, are worth knowing. So alright, so we're, we're just going to jump into it. Chris, are you, are you ready? You, you ready Let's to do dive it? Alright, yeah. alright, so. We'll start off with number one. There will be two one billion dollar distributors in the promo industry in 2023. Mm. So um, here's here's our here's our thinking. So actually, so right now, if you look at our 2022 uh, top 40 rankings for distributors, there are zero. And so we we see two companies that 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 could reach that threshold. One um, one that I think is very likely, given what they've indicated publicly and the other um has it has the chance to um so mm-hmm. let's start off with that that first company and chris is the company that you 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 cover you're you're yeah. very familiar with uh for imprint why, why why do you think they're they're on track to be a billion dollar distributor
1: well they're a publicly traded company and they've put out um uh you know on the record financial documents that you know there has that they're you know, that they're legally bound to strive for accuracy and that says that they are going to tip over the billion dollar mark for total global revenue in um, uh, for their 2022 year, which of course just ended. Now, what will be interesting to see is if it's over a billion dollars just in the North American market alone or if it takes some of the international sales to get them to to, to over a billion. I actually happen to think that their North American business which comprises like the vast majority of their sales is actually going to be enough to get them over the the, the billion dollar mark. Um, so you know that I guess the takeaway there is maybe that you know foreign print had a very steep downturn during during the, the pandemic but has has really roared back in a huge way.
0: Yeah, and and we've always talked about foreign print as that canary in the coal mine. Coal mine mm-hmm. when as um, when the pandemic first hit, and these foreign print released their their financials, and they were really struggling. It's just indicative of how the industry as a whole was struggling, and really showed that buyer demand just dropped off precipitously. And so as foreign print has risen, it's indicative of just how of how um, quickly buyers. Got back into into spending on promote promotional products. So, the yeah. uh, you know, foreign print obviously controversial, but I I think their performance their performance as a whole is a positive sign for our industry as a whole. And if they hit the one billion mark, um, I think that's, that that portends good things for promo. Now, the other company we which we we did mention um, Halo, which mm-hmm. um, which is last year was our number one ranked company, and they they reported two thousand twenty one sales of eight hundred and 22 million so yeah. you know i mean it's, it's, just, it's just 180 80 million that, that's just like that's just chump change to to, to reach the mark but what, what's the yeah. path for halo to, to get to that 1 billion mark
1: they, i i i mean listen i it's it's not like I talked to Mark Simon before this, and he told me that yes. you know they're over. No, but so correct. this is—I should—we should, we the, should claim standard. that you know this is not insider knowledge or anything. This correct. is just our our guess. But the, but Halo has indicated on the record that they that they had a record year and that it was a banner year for growth for them. And if you had a you had a massive year. Um, in twenty in twenty twenty two, that's got to put them around. I would think that billion dollar mark, or at least closer to it. And I would expect them to build on that in in twenty twenty three. So, um, with all with all that said, even if they didn't quite get there in twenty in twenty twenty two, I think they will do in in in, in
0: twenty twenty three. Right. And look, we wouldn't put it past Halo to make a major acquisition this year. Mm-hmm. It's in their nature. And we will talk about M and A later on in this podcast with one of our. Predictions, but it, these you know top forty consolidation is a very real phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Halo has been uh, one of the leaders, if not the leader, on that front. So th- that that's totally within the realm of possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Again, our just our just just our sort of speculation looking at at the shifting dynamics of the market. Not Mar- Mark Simon doesn't doesn't have a land he doesn't have a, lot, a line to our house saying that hey guys <laughs> we're, we're about to make a deal. So. Um, just so one one
1: nice. little thing. I'll, one little thing I'll add, and then before we go on to number two, is yeah. just that you know there are people would say that hey VistaPrint, uh, you know, which is owned by top forty dis- uh, distributor Simpris, you know, they do well over a billion in sales. One of the issues we have there, though, is, is that some of those sales happen internationally, and 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 a chunk of that business maybe is not what we would classify as your traditional promotional product. type type sales so so that's 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 because I have had people say oh well there is a billion dollar distributor it's it's you know well that's a little caveat we use in kind of making that assessment so
0: sure and we again when we do our top 40 we classify north american promotional product revenue so that right that's not the whole whole picture um but it's it's what it's what we focus on what the market typically focuses on by the way on the supplier side there are three three billion dollar suppliers um sandmar Alpha Broder and SNS, uh, you know, who, and who knows what will happen on, on on that front. But again, consolidation is a is a is a very real phenomenon. Um, we'll talk about that a little more later. So let's move on to number two. Industry sales will grow, but won't we reach two thousand nineteen record
1: levels? So, Chris, why do you think this is the case? Yeah, that's one I actually struggled with a little bit because I thought maybe there would. Be it, you know, I, I think we're going to see great growth in in 2022. Um, all indications are that's the case. And I was like, if we build on that even a little bit, we might get over that. That that all-time record high of I think it was twenty-five point eight billion that we saw in two thousand nineteen. But of course, I think the big factors that could stop us from getting there are, are are really in some ways beyond the industry's control. It's those macroeconomic factors. If we do if we do see a, a recession or or at least a a further slow or slowdown in spend, um, you know that can that can prohibit our industry from growing at um, you know at, at the rate we'd like to see. I do think though that if um, that if the economy performs better than um than than what some economists are predicting anyway which which I haven't given up on that yet the thought of that especially in the sure. second half of the year that we might be able to we might be able to tip over but right now if you if you if you're if you're a safe safe better you have to say that given some of the economic clouds we're facing, we're, we're not going to ha- we're not going to have a record year in sales in um uh 2023 that said i do think that we can still build on 2022
0: yeah, so let's look at the, the numbers. So in 2019, that was the high watermark for the promo industry. It was 25.8 billion in promo industry sales. Obviously, the following year, 2020, it was a drop of 20%, it was 20.7 billion. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. 2021, it went up 12% to 23, 23.2 billion. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen the, the final numbers for 2022 yet. We we know what happened in the first three quarters, and there was some very strong growth, uh, a lot to be encouraged about. Q4, we you know we heard we heard some difficulties, but more not necessarily on the on the inventory supply chain side, but more buyer pullback. Man. Yeah, can, concern just you know con, concerns about the economy, other things that bu- made buyers weren't spending as much, or were or or were spent spending, were being a little more judicious in, in how they spent their budget, particularly on promo products. I, I really I do think that's the, the big issue as you mentioned heading into to this year is what what are the fa- what are the factors gonna affect sales. Um, I look I think local events have been um, huge so that the, the I wrote wrote a commentary about this they came came back last year and I, and I think they have a a very sustaining effect on our industry sort of of a floor even mm-hmm. if there aren't economic difficulties it'll sustain it'll that'll help guard against that trade shows are are back in a big way um intense isn't all the way back and not all the events are back but a lot of them And that's a major avenue of spending so these are all positive signs mm-hmm. but things like inflation and hiring and things like that you know at, where, how's the how's the economy going to fare this year that i think that's really the the major determining factor
1: yeah i i you made some really great points there and i, I, I want to just call attention to them about you know even when there's macroeconomic problems going on sometimes you have to look at the specifics of course of what your industry does right and what what we do like servicing you know events you know pr- providing you know merchandise for events all that stuff has come back in a big way and i don't think it's and and it's not going away it's certainly not going to go back to what things were like a couple years ago you know barring some unforeseen horrific variant <laughs> or whatever it might be that comes sure. along so so when there's there's certain industry specific factors that i do think will continue to to, you know just to, to stoke sales so to speak where you might see pullback in this kind of you mentioned if um some some of those some of those clients are struggling you know they might not invest in their mark their market their traditional marketing as much but events related business i think i agree i think that will stay strong and play a factor in propelling and 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 i think you know your school education related business is going to stay strong and, and and grow and i don't think that's going anywhere so you know, although it's it's interesting to see where it ends, but I, I do think even if we don't get to record levels, we're still going to see a, a strong year for sales.
0: Yeah, the industry goes as the economy goes. So it if the economy were just to just hit a stride for some reason and have an amazing year, I could see the pro industry b- breaking those record numbers. That being said, I think that's very unlikely. The case for just too, mm-hmm. too much recession concern, too many mitigating factors. Um, if the economy goes into a full-blown recession, I mean, that, that's going to hurt, right? That's going to mm-hmm. definitely affect sales um, though I think I, I do think as you mentioned there are there are industries there are just ty- types of buyers and events that have consistent needs that that will sustain the industry through through those difficulties so it's you're looking at the, the worst case scenario and the best case scenario I think our best guess is that it's it's somewhere in in the middle a continued trajectory of growth um, many positive signs but we're still recovering from from 2020. And to, to get back to those 2019 levels, uh, I, I don't foresee it happening uh, this year. Hope we're <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's go to number three. Supply chain and supplier service levels will improve but won't be completely fixed. Yeah, uh, I think there. I do think there's some nuance in that um, in, in that term improve and that term completely fixed because it I think our 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 readers people in this industry have have different expectations about what that means but this is something you've been reporting a lot about Chris what are you seeing right now and, and how, how are things shaping up for this year on those fronts
1: yeah the the most simple way I could put it is in talking with a ton of suppliers right at the very end of 2022 to to a person that I talked to they all said we've made investments in in labor, we've increased labor levels, we've made um, process improvements to be more efficient, you know, internally. And in a lot of cases, we've seriously upgraded our technology with things like automation at certain aspects of the, the order process and things like that to to streamline ordering, to make the order go more efficiently, and then to get things out the door more more efficiently. Yeah. So the upshot of that is they say some of the terrible service levels and they admit it that it was terrible service levels in the latter half of 2021 and then for parts of 2022 um are going to be improved upon. They 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 say that you, you are going to experience better customer service and better production and fulfillment in 2023 from us for because of those those factors. Now you know, I'm 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 not doing PR for the suppliers. I don't know if that's true, you know, but I but these are generally honest people and they were they were, that's what they presented, that they are in a much stronger position when it comes to, to service. The other big component of service is supply chain, as you say. Our suppliers actually once a lot of the challenges of the once they started to adapt to a lot of the challenges of the pandemic, they actually you know got a lot better at being more proactive about ordering inventory so ordering more products farther in advance getting it here and stocked stateside and ready to go and they say again like to a company going into 2023 hey we're in a much stronger position for from inventory than we were heading into 2022 and even for much of 22 like we have SKUs that people want we have them in deep supply and we, we're going to be able to to get them out now all that said we're still experiencing issues related related to COVID. China lifted its um, zero tolerance policy on, on COVID. That policy basically said if there's a little bit of COVID, you know, like one or two cases in an area, they come in, they shut down. That, regardless of what you think about that from a society standpoint, it's it, it, it did help prevent the spread of, of COVID. Now that China's more open, COVID is spreading and it's causing things like factory shutdowns because people are just out sick. You know, like it's slowing down transportation and things like that. Um, shipments are being canceled um, You know, and by shipments I mean supplier over here has a contract with the factory to produce X amount of said product. Said product either doesn't get made on time or it's made and now it can't get out of China as efficiently as as was promised because of people just being out sick and so that's slowing down the flow of work. So there's some suppliers who feel that maybe a little later in the year in 2022 there could be delays in in getting in 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 restocking so so maybe you see some of those inventory issues creep back in again but that is contingent on how long and how severe this the slowdown in production and and exportation is in um in in china so it's something to keep on on the horizon but at least heading into 2023 Suppliers say, hey, we're ready to service you better and we're better stocked up than we've been for the entirety of the of the of the pandemic. So we're starting the year on a good foot and hopefully the the wobbles and disruptions that come along won't be so much to seriously disrail that.
0: Look, a lot, lot of us, you know, were caught flat footed by the pandemic, but also the, the aftershocks, right? And mm-hmm. in fact, it, it affected us as as humans and and our businesses and our and and our, you know, our governments and in ways that we didn't anticipate mm-hmm. and so that 2021 and 2022 a lot of companies were caught flat-footed they weren't prepared for the shortage of workers they weren't prepared for uh, the supply chain to just to just basically blow, blow up and and be in total dis- disarray. Now we've had a year and a half to two, two years of sort of, of wisdom and looking at the situation and as you mentioned, suppliers have a better understanding of how to, how to navigate the, the mm-hmm. these troubles. So that that sounds very optimistic and I do think I think I do think we are going to see I- improvement. Um, I also think it's imp- important to 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 remember that especially on the staffing front, um, you know we're we're a difficult industry and with a lot of a lot of uh, specialized knowledge, especially when it comes to processing orders and products. And so when, when we if uh, companies are hiring new people and they're not and they're relatively new to in- industry, um, both both sides, distributors and suppliers, can have amazing training programs. It takes time to learn learn all the ins and outs. And mm-hmm. and that, so. It's not like all the errors are going to go go away. Like if if companies can hold on to these people and train them up, that will smooth things out. But there, there there's going to be hiccups. It's just natural.
1: I just what one point on that. I know we've been on this point a long time, but there's so sure. much you could say about it. It's yeah. just that I'm sure everybody's been seeing how there's been lay, layoffs in, in um you know the technology field. And there's been layoffs now, um, like at production level, like Amazon. Um, you know, we're recording this on January fifth and Amazon, you know, just announced that it's laying off eighteen thousand people and a lot, you know, a chunk of those are in production settings. So what what I think is be one of the if there's any benefit to a tightening of the economy, it's that people are going to be more apt to stay in the job that that they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, maybe before you worked at amazon or a, like a walmart or a place like that in a production setting because they paid you a little a little bit more than maybe what a supplier could offer but now like you're out of work there you'll take a job at, at at a supplier and you'll stay there because it's you know it's it's you know it's a job so um so that could act in a weird way that might actually help even bolster um you know production level labor and customer service level labor forces even you know more
0: yeah and my and my last point on on this subject is that on the distributor side I I think I hope that distributors now realize that we're not going back to the old way like you it's, if you if you think you can just call Ah, uh, put it in an order, get it next next day without any issues. Like you're 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 doing yourself a disservice. Like mm-hmm. I, I hope they've learned the lessons that b- build in more time. Uh, you know, be more thorough. You know, try just double mm-hmm. double check, c- communicate. Like like it's not going to be perfect no matter what. But mm-hmm. on the distributor side, building in those safeguards and giving giving everybody more lead time will mm-hmm. will, will help the help the process. So I, I think that will also help when it comes to when it comes to these issues as well. Okay, so number number four, inflation will cool, but there will be no drop in promo product prices. So mm-hmm. it, the inflation um, it's been out of control for you know going on two two years now, and um, you know there's obviously obviously it's it's affecting it's affecting us as consu- consumers. It's certainly affecting the promo industry. So. Uh, in your view, Chris, like what, where is this, where is this headed? So, you know, inflation is going to improve, but, but why, but why won't it affect the prices of the products?
1: So, okay, because, because basically uh, over the last year and a half, things have elevated so much and that it, would, it it's almost like you can't put the genie back in, in the bottle to use kind of a, a tired, tired yeah. and, and metaphor or whatever, um, you know, labor costs have gone up so much for suppliers um that's that's one issue costs of materials have have gone up and what I what i sometimes hear from from distributors is oh i read that you know the cost of shipping has gone down dramatically but the suppliers are still still charging us all this money the supplier said shipping was the reason that you know product costs went up shipping was one component of the reason that that product pro- costs went up they, the shipping costs went astronomical during you know you know 2021 and in parts of 2022 and they have come down dramatically but that's only one component you still have to there given the inflation that's already occurred p- suppliers are having to pay people more and they should be paying those people more um you know to do to do the work that's necessary um to, to you know to produce stuff here but also overseas o- overseas producers you know the whole world's dealing with inflation overseas yep. partners are having to pay more too it all adds up to inflated costs now in some cases and actually more than a few um suppliers have always they've always done their best to to uh, try to mitigate and um, what they pass along to to the distributor right um but there's only so much that they can pass along and still you know stay in business and then there's some that have de- even I- i've talked to that have delayed or kind of like gradually phased in price increases so it wasn't so much sticker shock at once so they're still still dealing with kind of phasing some of the, some of that in and then there's others who um, they've bought so much because we, we talked about buying more product farther in advance to make sure that you're stocked up, right? Yeah. They yep. bought product at, re, at those sky-high prices when the sh- shipping was still really high, when – when labor is high like it like it's been, when fuel costs are high, right? So so they have to then sell that inventory to make profit on that inventory and stay in business, they need to sell it at a price that they can make profit off what they what they paid for it. Right. So um so all those factors and others are why you're just not gonna see, you know, wide scale or, or, or like the really any um you know significant price price drops on promo products in 2023.
0: Okay. I know that'll be disappointing. News for some people, but I, I think also people just have come to expect, especially on, on the consumer side of things. You're you're just paying more for it, everything mm-hmm. these days, so I I don't think that'll phase phase buyers, but like they just they just know that for products products cost more. It's not going to uh, instantly become become cheaper. And I think the distributors just need to con- condition buyers, and they and they did a good job of that, by the way. You know, yes, uh, throughout the pandemic in terms of lead times and other is- issues and so th- i think this is just more the same in terms of how how do you um you know how do you approach buyers and ha- and, and how do you you know pre- pre- present present this information in a way that that they they get it so i think i think that'll be good
1: and a, a re- real quick just to end the point here is that um on you know when every when everybody's been experiencing inflation in all aspects of their lives so it's it's actually didn't necessarily take a huge amount of education even beyond you know just like hey why does this cost more well you know it's inflation we're all dealing with inflation you know so it's it's the, i think that helped distributors too is that everybody it wasn't like it was an industry specific thing or a product specific thing it was just everything
0: yeah and, and t- tell them again a two dollar mug is is a uh, way more price effective than a, like a 16 dollar burger though they'll,
1: they'll yeah. it. yeah all
0: right let's go to number five M&A in the promo industry will continue to be big, though not a record year. So this is something I I I feel pretty safe about. About saying if you look at uh, if you look at data, the 2020 everything everything shut down. 2021 uh, just a, a, a rash of M&A activity and like not just in our industry on like a global scale. Yeah, you're speaking. Right? Bro- um, yeah, you're
1: speaking broadly across all industries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for, for our industry, just to be clear for everybody listening, our industry really was still kind of dead for M&A yeah. or relatively dead in the first half of 2021. But in yeah. the second half, whoa, it came back to life big time.
0: Yeah. And so just to, just to sort of to look at the global perspective in 2022, um, MA activity fell by a third, 30, 32%. And was, and that's just sort of the natural come down. It's still in line with pre-pandemic historic mm-hmm. averages. It, but, it was, but it came down. It was just sort of finding finding its its level. And so I think it's just very unlikely for it to shoot back up in, in the overall business world. And then in the promo industry, I th- I think you're gonna see just a very similar corollary the, that that huge that huge ramp up and, and after the post-pandemic hangover and now it's just kind of back to finding level still a very uh major phenomenon but just just not at the the record pace that 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 came right after the the worst of the pandemic
1: yeah yeah that's it's this is a tough one and it's one i waffled on because like i don't want to give the Im- impression to that like mna is like going away or, or yeah, like bar, slowing bar down like yeah, like I mean we, we it's it's the fifth like we just said and I I don't I want to say I've written three or four you know merger maybe more of merger and acquisition articles this week, you know, so far. Uh, um you know, so it's like M&A is here to stay in in a big way. Uh I'm now I'm rapping M&A is here to <laughs> stay. All right, <laughs> but 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 it is in in a big way in our industry and the, there's a lot of factors in that. It's getting um, more more expensive to to compete you know on both the distributor and supplier side of the business so a lot of times you may have great expertise as a salesperson you may have great relationships with your clients but clients are looking for certain more technological solutions or efficiencies that you don't necessarily have, have the ability to invest in or, cap, or or take capital in turn so it might make sense to partner with a bigger firm that that has those things. I'm not advising anybody to do that or not advising anybody. I'm just saying it's a reality of of the of the marketplace. So that's one factor driving it. Another factor is more private equity money is going to continue to pour in our in into our industry. We're attractive to private equity because we're a fragmented industry and there's a lot of chance for consolidation and to quickly, you know, I don't want to use the word gobble up companies, but to buy companies and aggrandize and 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 capture market share. So that's gonna drive it. I think the biggest companies in our industry will continue to get bigger and and dominate more market share and that will make them that will give them more ability to acquire because they're going to have more capital and it will also. um you know make them potentially more attractive partners for those companies i mentioned before who maybe who are great at sales and have great relationships with their clients but need some more capital muscle or technological muscle to really kind of to keep growing so i think for all those reasons MA is going to stay strong does it hit a record i don't know but i you know i think it's probably a safe bet given what might happen with interest rates and other thing in the in the economy that it, that it might not
0: OK, yes. Yeah, so to, again, to wrap up, M&A still huge. It may not just hit, hit the, the, the record level that that mm-hmm. it was happening in the previous uh, 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Number six. got this right. There will be a mental health revolution in the promo industry. Now we say this because, uh, you know, you, you heard this a lot I started hearing this a lot about burnout and people really being uh, really being affected um, on the job, working, dealing with all all the issues in life and business. And and it's something that you reported report on Mm -hmm. because it was it was that big a deal that you were you were hearing about burnout and these other issues. What what were you hearing from the distributors and suppliers that you were talking to?
1: So I reached out to a bunch of suppliers and distributors and just said, Hey, what do you think some of the biggest issues are going to be in, in, in 2023 for our, for our industry? And I was honestly, I was not expecting some people to come back and say like burnout and stress of the workforce and people yeah. just like calling it a day, even in the industry because they just, they're just so burnout. out, but it was a consistent answer. And I, and I was, as I was reading this, um, uh, Bob Bob Lilly Jr. who runs Bob Lilly Jr. Promotions in you know the Dallas Fort Worth area, yeah. super smart, really great guy, and and he, and he was so candid. He was just like he's like I really do think this is going to be a factor for. He wasn't talking about his company in particular, but the industry broadly. Because if you have people burn out, like they're 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 not going to be able to do their jobs as efficiently, and some are just going to look for work in a different industry. So we so we ended up doing a whole story right about how you know executives and management class at a company so to speak can um, can help mitigate burnout uh, with, with workers and um, it's something I if I was you know in a you know in a management level executive position at, at a distributorship or supplier I'd be focusing on on implementing things like that from top to bottom for my workforce to try to ease some of those burnout levels
0: there's been a, a, a really major shift in how companies handle help un- understand workers in the past couple of years mm-hmm. the pan- the pandemic was pandemic really started this i mean there were a few progressive companies before before mm-hmm. that but a lot of companies when their employees um had to work from home they became acutely aware of the other side of their employees lives like all all the issues they have to handle with their with their household and it's it's not just you, you just show up to work and you're there for eight, 8 hours and you forget about everything else you know the, the mm-hmm. companies didn't really see that other side of of People's lives, so that I think re- really um, shifted the d- dynamics, mm-hmm. and so now there, there's this corresponding phenomenon of a of bur- of burnout, of stress, where it's it's dealing with the, the the workplace stressors, and then adding on top of it, uh, personal mm-hmm. life, societal, all, all these different things, and so I, that's why I think I think companies are have, be, have become and, and will be way better at. Uh, and understanding and being sympathetic and giving employees the space they need so that they so that they feel like equipped to, to handle those like normal everyday responsibilities
1: yeah great point and I and I think too um with just somehow some of how the y- younger generation things that they value and hold you know dear I you know I I think you're going to you almost have to do that to attract talent it's like true talent because that's part of what they're looking for you know which is not which some people some people interpret that as like oh like they're lazy and they don't want to work it's not it's not necessarily that they're just hoping for some you know reasonable balance i suppose
0: it's mm-hmm. yeah. that's a, that's a good segue since you brought up the younger generations to our seventh prediction the average age of promo pros will get younger mm-hmm. now, obviously this is tied into the reputation of our industry is a graying industry, an yeah. old industry. What what makes you think, Chris, that that uh that's going to change over in terms of the makeup of the pr- promo industry?
1: Okay. So I like I should be clear. I'm gonna be full disclosure on this. I do I do not have hard evidence. This is a gut, this is a gut feeling based on anecdotal observations I've seen probably I would say over the last two years in the industry. Um I just feel like i've I've met and talked to more younger people who are who are getting involved in this industry and and liking it. So part of that is just based on my own personal experience. Yeah. Part of it is based on the more prominent visible role that merch, branded merch, is playing in 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 our society. And I'll give you some examples of that. Like think about in every influencer you see on social media, has some kind of merch that they're that they're trying to hawk, right? right? right. Um, uh, we know that musical artists nowadays they're not making money from quote album sales or downloads a- a- anymore, not real money. They're making money from live performances and merchandise sales. So these are things that that younger people perceive as cool, right? Influencers, popular musical artists, and merch is such a big part of what those people do. I think it's I think it then becomes like. It starts to have a cool cachet. To what do you do? I work in merch. I work in the merch industry. I'm doing, you know, merch for this brand and that brand. I think it has it a, I'll a, a be redundant, a, a cachet that appeals to young younger people, and I think that that will help attract more younger people to the to to our industry. And I feel that I've that I have seen more young, particularly on the distributor side of the workforce entering set sa- entering sales because. Merch doesn't want it. when you're working with brands that are looking to present as cool, they 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 want, I guess you know that uh, something young, something vibrant and 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 younger folks sometimes are well positioned to do that because they're in they are part of the audience that those brands are looking to to connect with. So I, I do think that we will see more um on the sales side, more more younger folks on the sales side. And I think that our industry is also becoming, so much more driven by technology than it ever has before and I think that that's and I think you're going to find young people with tech who are studying you know software web development blah blah coming into our industry to fill jobs that may not have even existed in our industry a decade ago but now they do and that's going to attract a younger very very technological type worker to, to the industry so I think if you were to take all that on aggregate you're going to see an average younger um Age for our industry, and I think that that's a good thing because you need that next generation coming in to pr- to propel things.
0: I think those are great points, and yeah. honestly, I think the the aging is is kind of a misnomer. Like I think our industry is is younger than people think it is. They just it's because the the most visible people, like decision makers, C suite, lead a lot of the leaders, they're they're just older generations. They're, they're the the boomers and and Gen Xers and people see that and so they they assume that it's not a young person's industry but uh as you mentioned like in terms of like the those sort of uh, like other in sales or other sort of um support type roles on technology um, marketing creative there's a lot of young people yeah. in, the, in this in this in- industry uh, they they just don't have the the the, vis- the visibility and and so i i think i think um there's there's a, a ton of potential to grow that still, just by showing the, in, the 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 good side of the industry, all the creative things that people do, as you said, with social media, music, influencers, the cool aspects of of merch.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: there's a way to grow it even more.
1: Yeah, and it's and it's not like like it, it's not like we're pre- an industry that maybe was twenty something or even more years ago, where it was just it, it was like you know, you're very cookie cutter types. I mean, we, our industry is now producing stuff that's right on par with with retail that, you know, that, that can look totally cool and fashionable and things like that. And I think that that all helps just say, it makes a younger person say, oh, I'm part of something cool.
0: And one more point. Uh, I I think with some older veterans of the industry who are running their own business and having to deal with the difficulties of the last three three years, they're 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 pulling that Danny Glover lethal weapon thing uh, like I'm too old for this crap. Yeah. Um, so that like I think that that is a real phenomenon. Like people are, are debating like, you know, how much longer do I want to be in this industry? Like I put in time. I've, I've, I've had a, a good run. You know, do I do I want to keep going or is now the right time to to sell or, or close up? And that that's going to initiate also, I think, a, a, a generational shift for promo.
1: 100% and that's also contributing to some of the M&A because people who've had their own business and and had it for a long time are say all right you know what I've had a good run and now it's time to maybe do something else or or consider retirement or at least wind down a little bit from this right now so yeah. Yeah,
0: great point. Let's go to number 8. Calls and swag will be replaced by new sustainability calls and Christmas cards. What? <laughs> So, th- so, let me get in my soapbox soap here. I, I had this thought a couple weeks ago. Um, I I get tons of Christmas cards. You know, like mm-hmm. dozens, dozens of, of Christmas cards. Uh, what what happens? What, you know, what happens to those Christmas cards? So I, I look at them. Nice picture. You know, of of, of the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it hangs out in my dining room. And maybe it goes up on my fridge. But what most often happens? It just it goes right, 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 in, right in the trash. Mm-hmm. So. But no, no one's no one's saying, oh, how wasteful! We're printing all these cards, we're mailing them. Look, all these resources are taking up. This this isn't worthwhile. No no one's, no one's saying that, and yet um, we continue to hear these um, these these calls to end swag and mm-hmm. uh, and stop and stop this wa- stop this spending on, on wasteful crap that no one no one cares about. Mm-hmm. So I'm to make this, this this prediction happen because I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the the the, <laughs> the leader of the of the Christmas card sustainability m- movement. Um, so, so I'm going to make make sure this this prediction comes true.
1: <laughs> That's funny. Well, I, man, bah humbug. Jeez Louise. <laughs> you should have wore your, your, like, Grinch costume for this one, but, um... <laughs> Oh yeah, no, I know you're being I know you're being silly, but it is but it is a good point when we look at that. Well, to kind of build off of it, why do we send Christmas cards, even though yes, it's, it, it contributed two ways, blah, blah. It's because it's Um. I shouldn't put the quotation marks like that, but it's <laughs> but it's because it, there's a value there. We see it. We see a, a value in it. There's a value it, it, to produce almost anything. It requires resources of, of, of some kind, but we produce it because there is a value. And as studies at ASI have shown like at Infinim, you know there's value there's a real tangible value to the products that we sell when you're when you're doing them in um when you're selling decent products in a thoughtful way that speak to the audience that a client is trying to reach it has it has a ton of value um so it with that though, we do have to recognize, right, that we're on that we're on planet Earth that resources are finite, right, and and we do just as other industries are do have to start operating more sustain, sustainably. And that movement is well underway already, as we've documented with um, our ASI Media promo for the planet. And I think it's something that's going to accelerate greatly in 2023 I can't tell you I mean I read I don't even know how many press releases a day but in every almost every one I get now it's something about like there's some mention in there of hey you know in addition to you know being a marketing agency or being a you know a supplier distributor we you know we're we care about sustainability. We have a corporate social responsibility plan. We're trying to do do things that give back to our community and that support the environment. It's it's really snowballing in a way that I've never seen it before. Um, and and I think that that's going to build because it's going to have to, because because I think clients are looking for it and, and users are looking for it. Um, just one thing, I know I'm going on a bit sorry yeah, it's, it, it's just that as companies in our industry do that they have to be careful to not greenwash. meaning you really you shouldn't just be using words like sustainability and green and eco as buzzwords there should be real things that you're doing behind those you know, behind those those platitudes so to speak that prove that you're actually you know trying to make a difference whether it's environmentally or in a social sense um, hopefully both and um, you should be able to document those things so that you're not you're, you're not just putting a line in a press release it's something that you're really really doing and i think that i think that more and more companies are really doing things in our industry to to operate more sustainably to to have um, I mean, just the amount of companies that we've seen, you know, in promo over the last couple of years become B Corps is it has gone up significantly. So it's there's definitely a movement underway and there will be a lot more with, I think, sustainability in 2023 and beyond as pertains to promo.
0: It's interesting how there's two different phenomenons going at the same time and they're kind of at odds with each other. You have um you have the, the promo industry which is coming increasingly sustainable and putting putting real action in, into into improving its sustainability sustainable footprint and then meanwhile you have groups on the other side saying uh and swag what what a waste um they're 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 just harming the the environment and that's because the the reputation of promo mm-hmm. hasn't caught the, the reality of promo hasn't caught to, to its re- reputation you know this is something that you wrote about uh, late mm-hmm. last, last year, when we did our five ideas to improve promo package about improving mm-hmm. the reputation of promo. That our companies are are making real real differences and I, and, and becoming a lot smarter in how and and how they approach the idea of product of manufacturing of sustainability. But that's not what the other side sees. They they see the 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 outdated stereotypes and a lot of the mm-hmm. the negatives. And and I think it's it should be the the aim, as you wrote about, of companies in this industry to pr- promote the the ways that we're collectively improving.
1: Yeah, well, well said. And you know, yes, the perception sometimes is, oh, it's tchotchkes and, and and cheap junk. You know, and um, d- does some of that exist? Yeah, of of course, you know, and and has it existed maybe traditionally? In some sense, of course. But there's also so much more going on now, and there's so much more distributors and suppliers, or better products are coming to market, and distributors are doing a better job of educating clients on why they should invest in those better products, and that is going to propel the industry forward. And by better products, I mean products that are not only fashionable, but products that have things like, um, you know, they're made with more sustainable processes and and, and and materials that are, quote, sustainable. So I think we'll see more and more of that.
0: Yep. And Chris, you can still send a Christmas card to me next year if you want to. Oh, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got two more left. Number nine, weighted blankets will be the 2023 product of the year. So I... I, I want to come up with something we we've been through some 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 serious stuff the past couple of years and you know it was mass one year life or death stuff and you know I I, I think our society is ready to turn towards something that's that's not that's not so heavy, quote unquote, in the in the figurative sense. Maybe maybe not the, the literal literal sense. Um have you ever tried a weighted blanket by by the I, way? I never have.
1: No, I haven't. I can't. I have <laughs>
0: um i you know people rave about it and so i'm i'm sure it's one thing where you try it's like oh my gosh like what this thing this thing is amazing how do i live, live without it but i i admit i i i haven't had the the pleasure of trying it
1: yet all right, well, that's that's you gotta. I think that's your next podcast where you try one and kind of give us a demonstration. <laughs> oh, that's
0: a That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Um, it, you know, it's a but but product trends have shown that uh, I think it's that it's um income it's come increasingly popular. Do I, do I am I absolutely sure that weighted blankets will be the product of the year? No, c- of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what 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 pop what pops, pops up with, with consumer trends. I think it'll be again a little more sort of. Um, like a little more sort of um, not frivolous, but like less less concerned with the the like day to day struggles and more sort yeah. of like what what makes people feel feel good. I think that that type of product will will will, will get a lot of traction in two thousand twenty
1: three. I'd be I'd, I'd be all for it. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, last one number ten. Uh, the our, our presidential candidates will reveal their two thousand twenty four campaign slogans for Donald Trump. It will be make America great again, again, and Joe Biden will be old dog, new
1: tricks. (laughs) So that's what you're, that's what you're going with, huh? Yeah, so
0: you know. By the way, like these campaigns don't need to spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on on fa- fancy like focus tested slogans. Just, just just send the money to to, to us, right, Chris? We, we got
1: yeah, send car, it, you know? Yeah, we're, we're, we 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 gotta cover. You know, those are, those are fun, and I would love I would love to see them. I I I, I have a feeling Biden's not going to go with that one, though, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The,
0: the yeah. Biden one was hard was hard for me to come up with. I spent I spent actually way too much time trying to brainstorm that that one. <laughs> the Trump the Trump one like wrote itself. I think I think it's genius. It really. If he okay. doesn't go with it, then I don't know. what no, I don't know what Look, they're
1: saying. Well, you got to get in touch with his um, PR people. There are, you know, there's, um, <laughs> oh, Christy, right, in Louisiana. And I'm forgetting right. her last name, but but she does so much for or has done so much for his, his campaign as a district. Yes. Yeah. So they I mean, I don't know, send it. Maybe you can make a commission on that or something. But uh, but just kind of joking aside, I do think that um the political season you know whenever we see presidential campaigns it usually does help boost certain types of sales of um uh, promotional products and i think it i think it makes you see investment from politicians not only in the uh, presidential level campaign but in other races that might be going on it starts to it kind of becomes a domino effect when there's a lot of merch out there i think they tend to spend more too so you know that's more (sighs) I think I think that those dynamics start to come into play and we maybe see a little that that helps we were talking before about industry specific things that help drive sales. That could yeah, be one yeah. that does start to help. Maybe not the early part of 2023, but as the year goes on.
0: Yeah, as, as the race ramp, ramp, ramps up, it, it will it will get bigger and, and bigger. We, we've documented how merch is now a huge part of the the political fundraising machining and um, and candidates and their and their teams put a lot of emphasis on it, um, I think with the with the slogans, you know, to to, to test the effectiveness of a slogan, like it, 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 can you remember it like a year or two after the fact? Like, can you remember any any slogan from the two thousand twenty election?
1: I mean, I I remember because I just saw so many of the hats, like the like the Keep America Great hats, okay. you know. Yes, but I, I but it, cer- it it certainly didn't have the same like regardless of your political affiliation you have to admit that make america great again was like brilliant from a brand from a branding and marketing perspective it was it was just it was brilliant because it it stays with you and it resonates and it's so simple and it was everywhere so it was that i know that was 16 of course but like it's still it was like that that stays with me whereas others have not
0: yeah that's kind of my point like if (laughs) if uh if with, with presidential and like political candidate mirth and slogans like it needs to be a phenomenon to like to to really to 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 be like the um the, the, an all-timer, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not an all all-timer like no no one's going to remember. it I, I had to look up what J- Joe Biden's um slogans were from the 2020 election. Like I I could I couldn't remember it cuz like it, it wasn't anything like that that great to be.
1: The only you know, thing I re- remember it wasn't even a slogan, right? It was just um he did have some mugs and t-shirts where it was just like a like a silhouette with the aviators, the cup of
0: Joe. I do remember that. That that was really really clever.
1: Yeah, um, but that's like the only one that really sticks with me, and it's nowhere near on par. Again, there's no no comment on politics. This is just like pure marketing branding. Was nowhere near on par with "Make America Great Again," or you know?
0: Yeah, so I'll, I, all I'm hoping is for the 2024 election. Let's let's get some memorable slogans. That that that's that's my wish. That's my prediction. Right, well, I hope we see it. I hope
1: we I hope we see <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so those have been uh, our 10 bold predictions for 2023. Um, don't don't ask us to to check in at the end of the year because because uh, I'm not, I, I I don't want to see exactly how how we did. Um, <laughs> but I, but I do I do I do think as we mentioned uh, there's there's a lot of big big things that are going on r- right now in the industry that you should be aware of and and I, I think it's a it's a it's a good it's a good time to be a distributor a supplier be in business. There's a lot of positives that I think await us in the the year ahead ahead. And we, we talked about a lot of them in in, in today's podcast.
1: Yeah, well said.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Chris, for for helping out with with with, the, with the predictions. You can do them all, all yourself next year. I'll I'll, I'll recuse myself. And just, <laughs> and I'll, right, I'll just I, judge
1: you on your predictions. I've been, I, I was so scarred by my last few awful predictions <laughs> articles, given the, what happened with COVID, that I wanted to stay away. But thanks for getting me Sparred. out on a limb here. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, thank
0: you, everybody, for for listening, for for watching, and have a great rest of the week.